0: Susan Bennett is my guest today. And even if you don't recognize that name, you'll definitely recognize the voice. She's done voiceover work for Coca-Cola, McDonald's, Home Depot, Visa, and many more. Her voice is heard in the Delta Airlines terminal, and her voice is also the original Siri on Apple's iPhone. Uh, She still does voiceover work and recently played the voice of a smart house in the horror movie Margo. Uh, Did I mention that she's also a musician who's toured with Roy Orbison and Burt Baccarat? Tons to talk about coming right up. Okay, well, welcome. This is exciting. Uh, I've learned a lot about your story, so I just want to help you tell the story and kind of fill in the blanks maybe a little bit. Um, okay. Yeah, so your, your story kind of starts uh, at Brown University. when You you started out as a musician in this band. Uh, what was it called? Con- conglomerate? Is that it?
1: Conglomerate, yeah.
0: Yeah, tell me about yeah.
1: that. Oh, well, it was a kind of a jazz fusion band. And it was the very first band that I was ever in. The first time I ever got paid to be a musician. So that was kind of cool.
0: <laughs> That's exciting. So then how yeah. does that lead to Roy Orbison and Burt Bacharach singing uh, backup vocals for them?
1: Mm, it doesn't really, because uh, there, were, there were a lot of changes and moves and things before the the Burt Bacharach thing came about. Um, I was married to an, a man that I met at Brown. Uh, Kurt Bennett. And he was uh, an NHL hockey player for many years. And uh, we were married. We moved to Atlanta because he was traded from the New York Rangers to the Atlanta Flames. Mm. And so, you know, both of us were New Englanders. And we thought, hmm, (laughs) moving to the South, we weren't sure about that. But we both fell in love with the city, Uh, moved to Atlanta. and, um, And I started going around to different studios and saying, look, I'm a singer. And so I started doing you know, a lot of singing, backup vocals and commercials and things like that, which ultimately led to doing voiceover work as well. Wait, and so just, you
0: just showed up at these studios? Like, cause this is before the internet and everything. So you just what, uh-huh. knock on the door and say, hi, I'm a singer. Can I sing? for Yeah. You?
1: Yeah. Well, I had a little demo of of things that I'd done and, um, yeah, so that's how it happened.
0: Was it a lot of rejection at that point to.
1: Not really. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> maybe
0: not that many singers in Atlanta so they're happy to have well, some
1: you know Atlanta isn't a backwater it, it was much smaller then but um no I mean the the demo kind of spoke for itself and and they called me and and then they liked what I did so they kept calling me <laughs>
0: yeah so, so. then you do, you're doing the jingles right and then then somebody is sick or something doesn't show up so then you get to jump in and do the voiceover work which is different because now you're speaking instead of singing right. Yes,
1: exactly. The After I had sung with a group of people for some jingle, for some product that I can't remember and I really wish I did because it was a, a significant thing. Um, the The voice actor didn't show up to read the copy for the spot. So the owner of the studio at the time said, Susan, you don't have an accent. Come over here and read this copy. So I went, oh, I can do this. Ding, ding, ding. And uh, that was the beginning of it. I I got a voice coach. And then learned to put together a demo and um, gave it to different agents. And that's how it all started.
0: Now, were you still doing the, the jingles too? Or do you just move strictly uh-huh. to? Okay. Yeah. So yeah. What's, what's more fun or and which, which one's more lucrative?
1: Well, if you're singing for commercials, a lot of it is the only time it's lucrative is if it's a big national commercial. Mm. And then you'll get paid. And you keep getting residuals thanks to SAG-AFTRA. And, um, yeah, so it has nothing to do with, with whether you're singing or speaking. I mean, unless you're, unless you're the big deal, unless you're the star and then of mm-hmm. course your agent will, will get you better money.
0: Yeah. So, the, but you don't, you didn't write any of the jingles. Somebody else writes it and just gives right. you a copy. Okay.
1: Correct. Yeah.
0: Gotcha. So you did that for, I mean, it was like almost 40 years before you got the Siri thing.
1: Um, well, <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I guess it was that long. Um yeah, I started doing a lot of different types of voiceover work and one of the things I started doing and still do is work for this company in Atlanta that provides messaging. You know, so thanks for calling so and so, please press 1. And so I did a lot of that and a lot of sort of, you know, kind of announcery type voices. And for this particular company, I started doing some very strange recordings in 2005, and uh, I've talked to other original Siri voices that had the same experience. We got these new, new scripts that were very unusual because they'd been created just to get all of the sound combinations in the language, and in order to get that, juxtaposing all the different, you know, vowels and consonants and different um, combinations. Um, they had to create these sentences that really basically made no sense and so and we had to we had to speak everything in exactly the same tone and pacing pitch and everything so it was it was a bit tedious because that's what yeah cuz
0: didn't you say it was like 4 hours a day 5 4 hours of just reading these almost nonsensical statements repeated I took
1: some big breaks okay <laughs> <laughs> yeah it was 4 hours a day 5 days a week For the month of July in 2005. And then I did some. um, Updates as well. And you know. Siri was the first one of her kind. And so no one really. None of us knew what we were doing these recordings for. And ultimately. What we were doing was giving our voices away. Because. uh, This big company Nuance. uh, Ended up with our voices. And so when anybody wanted our voice. They wouldn't come to us. Because they didn't know who, who we were.
0: Mm-hmm. They
1: would just go through nuance and buy our voice through nuance. And that's how I became the original voice of Siri.
0: Right. And you didn't get like a royalty. So how does that work? Is that something that you signed to the contract? Has that changed at all? Because they use your voice on millions of devices and, and you yeah. didn't see a check from that. Right.
1: Um, I'm not sure if they've changed that or not. I'm sure that a lot, you know, a lot of um uh, finally agents were getting involved as i said this was a first and it was something that no one had dealt with before and so consequently we we were sort of guinea pigs the first few the first voices of Siri were kind of guinea pigs the plus side of it even though we didn't get paid for usage we got paid for our recordings of course but for me uh, it opened up a whole new uh, career for me i started doing speaker events sure you know and i thought well you know, I can do that. And my agent, you know, got me paid very well for those things. And so I would show up at different people's conferences and, and uh, tell them the story of Siri and tell them all about voice acting and what that involved and do different voices for people.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's cool. You do some other, other voices. You do like a yes, New York that's lady the frustrating and-
1: thing about Siri. I knew that I would be typecast. Yeah. And so that's all anybody thinks I can do because, you know, humans, I don't know what it is about us. We, we want to put everybody in a little box you
0: know? Yeah, no, that's why I like doing the podcast It's a little bit longer than like a five minute news interview. or so. so yeah, show off your other voices. So there's that was that star? Was that the the kid voice? Um,
1: it? I was kind of a kid voice.
0: Yeah. Okay. No,
1: um And of course, I have the lower sexy voice.
0: Oh, I haven't heard that yeah. one. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. Don't get much call for that
0: one.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, I can basically, and I'm good. I have a good ear because I'm a musician, so I can imitate different sounds. And so people say, well, wait, what about to want you to sound like this? I say, okay, play it for me. And, and then I can pretty much imitate it.
0: So, really? yeah. Oh, that's good. So do the New York one. Cause that one was kind of cool too.
1: Oh, Shaka Cohen. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah i love shaka she's my favorite one unfortunately most people in the rest of the country don't really appreciate that brooklyn accent
0: uh what about it can you do a southern accent since you're you you spend so much time in atlanta i don't do they don't well, really have a southern accent there
1: yeah they do they do well, they, but there are a lot of uh, yankee imports here so, so it's a it's kind of a mixed bag and the southern accent it's it there's not just one you know hmm. there's it, it de- depends on where you live and uh, you know, sometimes it's very subtle. It's like, you know, well, welcome to my house. I'm happy to see it. You. you know, something it's very, very and, and then other times, uh it, it's like Viant, you know, I went down to the store and it was terrible. It was a big long line, you know.
0: That's so fun. Do you get to do those voices a lot? No. Or no? no?
1: I used to. I used to, but now that I, you know, since I've been the voice of Siri, that's, you know, people just having their, oh yeah, she's Siri. (laughs) That's why it took me two years to reveal myself.
0: Right. Because
1: I thought I knew, I just knew I was going to be typecast. And I thought, well, what are the pluses and minuses? And I thought, you know, you just never know. So I'll, I'll go ahead and throw it out there and see what happens. And it turns out that I had some amazing experiences that I never would have had had I not been, you know, the voice of Siri. I mean, I did all kinds of, you know, television appearances and, and uh, interviews with, with really interesting people. So, you know, it was, it was, it's been cool. I mean, I cannot complain about it. I really can't.
0: Do you try to get those other uh, voice acting gigs though? Or, I mean, how would you, I guess, because they, do they typically seek you out or can you kind of like try to apply for those things or try out or?
1: Well, I, I audition a lot, but basically it's through my agent um, in Los Angeles, Vox, Inc., and their specialty is voiceover. And uh, they're the ones that really kind of guided me through this whole Siri thing. I didn't really know what to do. Um, and the agents, the local agents of the time, didn't really know what to do with it either. And so, um, you know, Wes Stevens and Tom Lawless at Vox really helped me figure out how to how to make it work for me. And, um, yeah, the voiceover, the voiceover business has changed drastically. Um, I started doing it just decades ago and what you would do then, if you were auditioning, you would go to your agent's office and you would, you would, you know, do one or two auditions for the agent and they'd put it down on tape and uh, but sometimes the client would be there. Sometimes you could meet the client. It was much more of a human, <laughs> mm. human interaction thing, you know. And so um, and I was exclusive with Atlanta Models and Talent for a long time. And so they would push me, you know, back in the day before the, you had to listen to 900 people auditioning for one little tiny spot. Back in the day, they would come to your agent and say, this is what we're looking for. Who you got? Mm. And the agent would give them 15 or 20 people. And then you had a reasonable chance of winning that audition. Now you're auditioning against hundreds, even thousands of people. And um, all of that was because of technology. Technology made it so that anyone, anyone who could speak could become a voice talent. Because all you needed was a smartphone, some sort of mixer, a good microphone, and a closet. Yeah. So, yeah. And so what happened is that the industry was flooded with amateurs. But um, and so it's just, you know, for me, when I do different auditions, it just I mean, I understand the numbers that are involved. The You know, the chances of winning an audition are so small unless they have picked you to be a part of a little, you know, just small group of people to audition for a specific thing. But for instance, I have a good friend who is a wonderful voice actor and he's also he also works with an ad agency he's the art, art director for an art ad agency and this was years ago that we talked about this he said would you like to know what the competition is and i said yeah please tell me he said well i had this little spot the radio spot that was going to run in alabama for four weeks it paid 150 non-union 150 and i said whoa that's that's bad He said, would you care to guess how many people auditioned for it? And I thought I was being outrageous when I said, a hundred? He said, try three hundred. So now imagine yourself as the casting director and or the client, and you've got 300 people auditioning for your spot. How are you supposed to? You're not going to listen to all 300. So what are you going to do? You're going to kind of skip around and just at at random listen to somebody
0: is that what they do they don't take the people with the best resumes or anything or
1: no because the numbers are too big they don't have the time to do that Hmm. and so yeah i mean it's really it's pretty amazing it's so it's very hard (laughs) it's very hard to make really good money uh, unless you get a name for yourself and that particular thing but um Yeah. When I, when I get an audition and sometimes it'll say, well, we don't know if we want a male or female. And I just go delete. That already gets my chances down to 50%, you know, (laughs) because my chances by 50%. (laughs) That's a good point. Yeah.
0: but You're more of a professional. You've been doing it longer and you have your resumes. So besides just the Siri, I mean, you, like it says on your website, where have you got like, you know, Delta and the GPS and Coca-Cola and all these big corporations that Mm -hmm. doesn't help you at all. It doesn't help you get an in
1: well, you know the the advertising business has changed so much. it's they don't really do that. I mean it seems to be just um auditioning hmm. unless they have a particular thing in in mind and then the agent will think of you. but uh yeah, it's the 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 process of getting a job is so different now, and it's really it's you have to spend a great deal of your time auditioning. In order to get some work. So
0: that's just know, crazy I, to think that someone at your level, and I mean, you're still the voice of a, a Delta Airlines, right? The terminals like that.
1: I, I'm one of the voices in the gates worldwide. Yeah.
0: Know. And that you, at that level, you still have to audition and still struggle and still going up against the competition.
1: Yeah. Wow. Yeah. But, you know, I've been doing this for many, many, many years. And so I've kind of gotten away from it a bit and tried to concentrate on, on other things you know, like the speaker and the uh, COVID was not very good for my speaker career. <laughs> I'm mm. hoping that that might open up again if these new, you know, very contagious variants would quit coming out.
0: <laughs> yeah. No, I had a professional speaker on my show and he was saying that a lot of his speaker friends had to do Uber during COVID because there was just nothing and they had to pay the bills. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah.
1: Yeah. It really affected a lot of people it really did and and my husband and I are both musicians too so our musician work went down to next to nothing
0: oh you're yeah. still doing the music then are you are a cover band or tribute band or what yeah. was it
1: no we have um the our latest little band is called Canyon Ladies and we do all of the um or a lot of the music from the female singer songwriters of the 1960s who lived in Laurel Canyon oh yeah. so yeah Joni Mitchell and Linda Ronstadt, she wasn't a writer so much, but um, Carol King, um, Lou Harris, people like that. And that's really fun. And then my husband also do, you know, and I just do freelance stuff for different parties and conventions and things like that.
0: Do you pl- So do you play live with the band or is it only yeah. studio? Oh, cool. Yeah. That's fun.
1: Yeah. I play keyboard and key bass.
0: Yeah. So you never yeah. quit the music. You just kept doing it.
1: No, no. That's just really, that's. That's really my heart. <laughs> really?
0: So what are the greatest memories you have as a music? Because, I mean, with Roy Orbison, Burt Backer, I think you played the Austin City Limits. Was that yeah. one of the highlights?
1: Yeah. 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 Working with, I was with uh, Roy's band for about two years. And it was fantastic because we went to some amazing, we went to the British Isles, we went to Australia, <laughs> we went to uh, Bulgaria and then all over the United States, too. So that was really exciting. But probably the high point for me was just the two weeks that I was on a tour with uh, Burt Backrack. And you're. I hope you're not going. Who's he?
0: But no, yeah, yeah, no. I, uh, okay. want the world. Yeah, that, didn't he write that song yeah. by the carpenters? Or yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. yeah. He's right you know,
0: I, the first time I heard who his name was was uh, was in Austin Powers.
1: Right. And right. I was like, who? Yeah. I didn't know Mike who that Myers, was. That's right, yeah. Mike Myers. <laughs> introduced but now. I know a lot yeah. of younger people. Sure. Yeah, he's in his 80s now, and I saw something on Facebook or that he and Elvis Costello were going to put a new album out. And Bert's in his (laughs) eighties. He's still going.
0: Yeah. I interview a lot of musicians and they all say the same. I mean, I don't think most of them want to ever retire. Even if nobody, five people listen to their new album, they don't care. They love making music. It's their passion. And that's the hmm.
1: thing about music. It's a a bit different from any other job. It's like being an artist, a painter or anything like that. It's, It's sometimes it's not even what you want to do. You kind of have to do it. You know, and my feeling personally is that if you have any kind of gift, you know, you've got to you got to use it, regardless of how you do that. So, yeah, music. I, I we're gonna they're they're gonna have to get the hook for us. We're gonna keep playing.
0: <laughs> mm-hmm. no, but anyways, you, you're sorry. You were saying that your the highlight was when you toured with him for oh, two. Oh
1: yeah, with Bert Backrack, and we started in Atlanta in this uh, wonderful venue called Chastain Park, which is an outdoor venue. And so Bert was staying in a Holiday Inn near my house and near chastain park because it was the closest hotel to the venue and so of course he had the penthouse and everything so he had brought i think two singers with him from la and then he hired uh i think three more three more in atlanta and uh so i'm not exactly sure how i got the job i think i got it from a referral and, uh, so we all gathered around the piano in his penthouse and he's sitting there playing the piano. I'm just looking at it, going, Oh my God. Oh, if they'd only had iPhones then, <laughs> <laughs> but, um, you know, he looks at me and he, go, uh, he looks around and he goes, Susan, what do you think about this part? And I'm kind of going,
0: look, <laughs> like he knew your name and everything. You knew
1: my name. I said, what?
0: <laughs> wow.
1: That was absolutely really, really fun. And the other uh, female vocalist on the gig, her name is Nita Laca, and she's fabulous. She lives in Florida. She's still working herself. And she and I have the exact same voice. Hmm. It is hilarious. I Someone sent me a, I found a, the recording that we did, one of the songs that we did for Bert that we were singing in unison. And we're singing together. One of us goes up to the higher part in harmony, and I'm going, I think that's me. Is that me? Our voices are so similar, it's hilarious. Wow. Yeah, yeah. So we sounded good when we were harmonizing and singing (laughs) in in unison. Interesting. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah.
0: That's really fun. That's cool. And that's cool that we're still doing the music too. I love that. Yeah.
1: Yeah.
0: I love hearing that. Now with this the series stuff, you know, it's interesting. Did you uh, go down that rabbit hole of like all the weird Siri stuff, like weird things you can ask Siri. Or do people ask you those kinds of questions? Like, have you ever looked at those?
1: Yeah, you know, I really don't pay too much attention to that. If people go out of their way and you know contact me and you know want to want to hear about it seriously, I I respond to everybody. And when I first came out of Siri, I think I had like I don't know five hundred to a thousand. You know people contact me, and i I answer them um, but it's, you know it I really take it seriously, and i you know, and I don't go into a lot of different social media to see what people are saying about me because i just I just don't need to know all that you know if if you like what I did and you're interested in hearing about it, contact me, and otherwise, you know we'll go about our lives, Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Well, so it's funny. I think the way I found you was I was watching this movie and I, and I was like, oh, who's doing that voice? It sounds familiar. And then I looked it up and it was you. And then it's like and it said that you were the original voice of Siri. And I was like, yeah. oh, that's so cool. So how fun was it doing the movie uh, Margot, I believe it's called. It's about yeah. it's a yeah. horror movie about a smart house. Yeah. You Kind of figure out what's going to happen. You know, yeah. and you're the voice of this house. I mean, you're, you're yeah. basically the star of the movie, right?
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: She was bad.
1: She was a bad house.
0: That that must have been really fun.
1: It was fun. It was really fun. Uh, But I got to tell you that I love to work so much that I really love every job that I do. It's especially fun if I get to be uh, something a little unusual instead of just, you know, thanks for calling. Please press one. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah. So it's really fun. And I miss those days when um, you would do dialogue spots. There used to be a lot of commercial commercials with dialogue and you would go to the studio and you would just play with other actors. It was just, it was really fun. And they don't do that. Now everything's been isolated. I'm sure COVID has made that even worse, but you know, if you want to have, if you want to have a career in voiceover, you really have to have your own home studio.
0: Oh yeah. So we're
1: all kind of isolated. And basically the person that creates the spot for you now isn't the actors and the producers and the directors and writers so much it's the engineer <laughs>
0: you know? Yeah, the engineer
1: puts it all together so
0: is that yeah. how with for margo did you you recorded that one at home too you didn't even come in for the studio for a movie
1: i recorded it from home
0: oh that's boring that yeah, sucks i would uh, think you'd be able to come in and meet yeah. the director and huh.
1: no no but you know i live in atlanta and most of that type of work is done in la so i'm i'm grateful that they're happy to to, uh, you know, just connect with me in my booth. So,
0: no, oh, that's cool. Yeah. Well, another thing that you do, um, I think, are you still on Cameo? Yes. Yeah, that's yeah, pretty cool. So people can buy their own Cameo of you. Right. And, uh, and it's you, not
1: very expensive. It's really no. cheap.
0: <laughs> Especially compared to some of those Cameos are like yeah. thousands of dollars. I'm like, yeah. Ooh, I mean, unless you just have like crazy money, why would you pay thousands of dollars yeah. for a Cameo? Nobody's that interesting. Come on. Yeah. Yours is very uh, reasonably priced. I didn't see a lot of uh, samples on there. How does that work with the samples? Do people only, if they give you permission to post it or?
1: You know, I'm not really sure because I just, you know, I wait until they say, oh, you've got a request. And then Mm -hmm. I take care of the request and I just don't think about it again. You know, I I have to say that I really, um, for being a freelancer, I am not a particularly good self-promoter. (laughs)
0: <laughs> that's why I'm trying to help you yeah I try to yeah. help people on this I just you'd be surprised how many guests I have and I tell them about something that you know promotion I just had a guy on yesterday a couple of days ago about his band and I said yeah you guys are giving away a free guitar and he goes oh we are I didn't even know yeah <laughs> not, you know like when you're in a band or whatever like you, that's just okay my job is to play the drums that's all yeah. I so. well you
1: know I think that is true for a lot of you know artistic people um we're not so good at the business end you know and so that's why it was so great for me back in, you know, in the 70s, 80s, 90s early 2000s I, you know, I had an a- had agents that did all that for me.
0: Okay. And now yeah.
1: even the agents, you know, they're they're running up against See there used to be a much better structure. You know, if you were a professional voice person, you joined the union. Mm-hmm. You yeah know, you joined the union, and then when you did something great, you'd get residuals and everything. It was, it was a wonderful thing. But, you know, gradually, and with technology and the fact that, you know, it's, it's such a fun thing, and it's, and so many people are interested in doing it, that, you know, everything, along with a lot of other things because of technology, have gotten bottom-lined.
0: You know? Yeah, no, I mean, it's I right. get it. I see both sides, because on the one hand, like, I probably would not have a podcast if it wasn't so easy to start one, but at the other hand, it's like, yeah, you're right. There's a lot of people, anybody can start a podcast. It's got a microphone and a camera. It's super easy. So, uh, but I think, you know, I think eventually people kind of the amateurs, if they're just enough to try to mess with it, they don't stick around very long.
1: It depends because sometimes in this business, it, it isn't always, it isn't always the person with the greatest voice or the greatest talent that gets all the work. It's oh, very true. often the person that really works at it, the person that can, you know, do some uh, some, you know, just interacting with the the powers that be with the business people, you
0: know, or it's just the most like dramatic. Like I know with like social media and stuff, there's a lot of people, a lot of voices that people that have podcasts and things that that the, the you've heard of because they say crazy stuff. And that's why everybody knows about them and they have the most followers. And so yeah, yeah. that's another way to get work. Not really. Yeah. The I want to go, but, uh, yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Uh, well, so with the cameo, can you do, can you give us like a sample of that? Like, if I say like, like, uh, just so for people could see you could do the Siri voice. Like if I said, Hey, Siri, what's the best podcast. And you said the Chuck shoe podcast.
1: Yeah. Uh, well, you know, for a cameo, what I would say is, hi, I'm Susan Bennett, the original voice of Siri. The original voice of Siri. Okay, very That's cool. Yeah. 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 All right. And cool. I'm here to wish happy birthday to your dad. <laughs> <That was whatever laughs> you <are, it>
0: <laughs> you wouldn't ever like swear or anything. Is there rules against that?
1: Um, no, but I, I generally wouldn't, wouldn't probably do that. Even though I do a lot of swearing at home.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you don't want to, it'd be bad, probably bad for the brand or whatever. Yeah, yeah, bad
1: for the CB yeah, yeah.
0: brand, yeah. Okay, cool. Well, I'll let you get uh, going here. I know we said 30 minutes, so I always end with a charity. Um, is there a specific one that you want to promote? I know you've worked well, with several.
1: I personally donate to a lot of different ones, and so I'll just go with your St. Jude's Children's yeah. Hospital. That's that's a good one.
0: I've promoted that several times. So yeah, if people have a few extra bucks after they buy a cameo, they can uh, donate to St. Jude.
1: <laughs> well, if they don't have a few bucks left over from if they're paying me my fee, yeah, they, they should have a lot left over.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. It's You're a very
1: to... very inexpensive cameo.
0: It's a good deal. Well, very fun, and uh, it'll be look. For, I look forward to uh, following your career, seeing what you do next. Was, well, thanks.
1: thanks. It was, was great movie. talking to you. Yeah,
0: you too. All right, I'll talk to you later. Bye. Bye. -bye. Susan Bennett. What a nice lady. What a cool career. Make sure to follow her on social media to keep up with her career. You can follow me and the show as well. Your likes, comments, and shares help us both with these interviews so that it gets bumped up in the algorithm and more people see it. I appreciate all your support with my guests and the show. Again, make sure you're subscribed wherever you listen or watch. Thank you so much. Have a great day and shoot for the moon.